Oh boy. Say the Turn the door! Yeah. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the not nice! There's a giant hair! You hear yourself! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Leafs lose 3-2 in overtime in a game that should have never gone to overtime, but they lost because it was overtime to the New York Islanders. First, want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook. Do you think your team is going to win and then your goalie goes on a little adventure? Well, regardless of what you think of that, you can go to Sports Interaction and bet before the game live in play or on one of their many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadian Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out at sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn, sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn, Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Dude, what? What? Honest, honestly, what? Game 20, so we're at the sort of quarter mark of the season, and you see now why I had a video early in the season called gaslighting. Like, really, if you want to understand the Jekyll and Hyde nature, like, like take, take a look at this Sheldon Keefe quote. This is what he had to say after the game. Yeah, we played a good hockey game. We deserved better. Uh, played, you know, close to perfect third period, too, and we made a mistake, and that's the difference. Near Perfect, hmm? Feels like Nier is doing an unbelievable amount of work there. Here's the thing, the Toronto Maple Leafs are an extremely, extraordinarily process-oriented team. And in this game, we saw their process. And they stuck to it and game in and game out, they usually stick to it. It's to the point where, like, they could throw on an old game, they could throw on a game from last week, and you wouldn't know. They play the Penguins three times in November, I, you wouldn't know! The way they do everything, game in and game out, is so similar. You, you can tell the way the guys skate, you know what paths they're gonna take, who, who's, like, you see Engvall behind the net with an almost identical pass to the one where Yarncroke scored. Like, fans who watch every game know where the Leafs are gonna be, as well as, if not better than, the Leafs themselves. And they struggled out of the gate, and they weren't very good, and they stuck to their process, and they kept doing it, and look at that, they're one of the best teams in the league. One of the best teams in the league this morning, they were fifth place in the league, still second in the division, set to play who, in the first round? Tampa. Ah! Fifth place in the NHL, not even first place in their division. It's like if the Truman Show were about over a million people. Where are the cameras? For me, it's right in front of me. I just found something new to talk to my therapist about. Dude, they shouldn't even be called the Toronto Maple Leafs. They should be called the Toronto Almost Perfects. They play well almost every game. They play well for almost every part of almost every game. That's what makes the bad ones stand out early in the season. We're like, this... They lost to the Ducks, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Ducks! That shouldn't be a thing, because look at them on paper, look at them on the ice, they play almost perfect games almost every game. But the Toronto Maple Leafs are defined by ALMOST! What do you remember about the Toronto Maple Leafs almost win from Game 7 of 2013? One Leaf had two goals in that game. Do you know who it was? You're a big Leaf fan. I see some of you got it right, most of you didn't. Cody Franzen. How many of you remembered that? Less than half. Washington series, 2017. Heck of a fun series. 
almost won game six, had a 2-0 lead in, which game was it, which game was it, doesn't matter, but it was game one. They almost won that series. 2018, game seven, they were leading in the third, almost. 2019, game six and game seven, they had the series lead, almost. 2020 in the bubble, they almost had one of the best stories in the recent playoff memory by winning a ridiculous game in game four before playing their worst game of the series in game five. 2021, almost didn't blow a 3-1 series lead to Montreal. And last season, oh, a call here, a bounce there, they almost beat Tampa. And every year it's almost, and I don't know if I have brain worms, but I can tell you my thoughts tickle. And let me tell you how good this team is at sticking to the process and why this game is even more frustrating. Over the last, honest to goodness, four years, like before COVID. So, so what you all remember with the Islanders is like the second Tavares signed here, the Islanders decided, okay, we're daddy now. We own you now. And every game you play against us is going to be misery, hell on earth. But then at some point that turned and the Leafs came up with this unusual strategy of, okay, so this team pulverizes us every time. So I think what we're going to do is play our second or third string goalie almost every game. And then the darndest thing happened again, dating all the way to before COVID, it worked! Like almost every game it worked! Didn't Shelgren have a shutout against these guys last year? I know Hutchinson did a few years ago. Hutchinson! Every time the Leafs played these guys, they'd play their most defensively sound game of the year, hold them to like 25 shots or less, and their second or third string goalie would win! So not everyone liked that Shelgren was starting this game. I did! And they, they were sticking with the recent memory. I like the process. I like the thinking there. You know what? Shelgren, a lot of fans have been too hard on him this season. I've said that a bunch of times and I maintain that. Don't worry, I'll get to it. But I maintain that. They got a bunch of games this week. They got a four game week. Matt Murray is coming off an injury. He's playing well. We want him to keep playing well. On Friday and Saturday, they have a back to back with travel because someone at the NHL scheduling office deeply hates this team. This is the 19th back to back they've had already. I didn't hate starting Eric Shelgren in this game. And the Leafs hold up their end of the bargain, for the most part. What have I told you before? There is a reason I talk about this team. I, I talk about the individual games in 10 minute segments because that's how the Leafs play them. You watch this game, what were the shots? What were the shots after about the first 10 minutes? Who had the first seven shots of the game? I should probably ask you. It was the Leafs! Honest to goodness, their best start of the season. They were out shooting the Islanders seven nothing. Last game, last game, which should have been a gimme against Buffalo, but it's usually a game that fans dread. Fans were dreading last game. We thought the Leafs were gonna win. And we ended up being right. We followed our gut, we followed our instincts, we followed the tickle, and it worked. But in this one, no, 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 no. We all thought the same thing. I can't tell you if the Leafs are gonna win or lose, but the Islanders are scoring first. And they did. Do you wanna know why they did? They got the next six shots! And Jesus one's not even Shelgren's fault. Noah Dobson throws it on. No, he doesn't throw it on. He throws it like three feet wide, but it goes off of David Camp and in one nothing Isles. But then who ties the game? Johnny Toronto, of course, in his 300th game as a Leaf. How time flies, really? Giving him virtually identical, if not slightly better statistics with the Leafs in his first 300 games as a Leaf than he had in his final 300 games in Long Island. I stuttered because I almost said Brooklyn. It was both. It was a lot. And we all thought the same thing. That's hilarious. Keep going. Later in the game, a game where the Leafs are playing well and there's some rough stuff going on, but they're dealing with it and they're doling some of it out too. And then Timothy Liljegren, who was on one in this game, throws it on and oh, oh, Austin. 
Austin, this is what we should be talking about today. Austin! Oh, the, oh, the beauty. What a tip. How do you make a tip? How do you make, like, not even a tip? That's not even, you're just leaving your stick flat on the ice for like a slice. How do you make essentially putting your stick down so gorgeous? This dude tips the shot on purpose and puts a top quarter on purpose because he's unreal on purpose. Riley goes down and we don't like that, but the Leafs deal with it. Austin Matthews gets need. He gets back up, but Rasmus Sandin sticks up for him. That's what we should be talking about today. And we're not. And with the Leafs already down a defenseman in Morgan Riley, Rasmus Sandin is in the box. But for those five minutes that he's off the ice, the Leafs deal with it. You know what's amazing about the third period? I was about to rant about how this wasn't a near perfect third period. The Islanders pressed the Islanders, hemmed the Leafs in their own zone at times. And they did hem them in their own zone at times but they weren't dangerous. The Leafs outshot the Islanders seven to 10? There wasn't a period in this game the Leafs didn't outshoot the Islanders nine to seven, 13 to eight, and 10 to seven. Oh wait, there was one. It's two nothing in overtime. But why did we get to overtime? How did we get to overtime? This is what I'm talking about when it comes to moments. And it is a great lesson. And I don't think the Leafs should burn the tape. I don't think the Leafs should ever burn the tape. I don't think they should ever, oh, we just put this one behind us. Oh, we play this game uh, 10 times. We'll win it nine. Fans have been too hard on Eric Shelgren this season. He's the third string goalie. He has come in and in the vast majority of games he has played in, whether it's in relief or starting while both of the Leafs' main goalies were hurt. He even played both halves of a back-to-back -back and won the second half of a back-to-back. -back. He has given the Leafs a chance to win, and that is more than you can ask of any third goalie. However, he's not the only goalie to have ever made this mistake. He's not the only goalie this week. He wasn't even the only goalie this evening, Stuart Skinner, hello. But I am going to yell it and scream it from however many YouTube channels I need to, whether it's this one, SDPN, Sportsnet, doesn't matter. If you're a goaltender, get a goal! Oh, where's the mouthy goalies? Where's the mouthy goalies in the comments? Show yourselves. Hey, he's, hel he's helping advance the puck and helping him get the exit. Yeah, 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 you wanna explain this? Can you show me? Can you explain to my small worm-filled brain? Look at this, look at that, look! Look! Jamie Ben, you think Jamie Ben's losing that foot race? You don't think he's going to the puck? The, you can't see it in the screenshot. The Islander, the, the, who is that? Who is that, Pajo? He's not even taking a stride. Yarn Croak did a shoulder check and began to skate to the other corner where it should have gone. Correction, it shouldn't have gone there. He was going there in case you wanted to put it there, but what you should have done is stayed in the because your defenseman was gonna get there first anyway. But Steve, what about reinforcements? This is after the goal goes in. There are five Leaf skaters in this screenshot. The Islanders were going for a line change. If you're a goaltender, tend the goal. I've stuck up for him this season and I was right to stick up for him this season. He's been better than most Leaf fans have been willing to point out. But 
even though he has given the team a chance to win in the vast majority of his starts, he took away an opportunity for the Leafs to win in this one. He wears it. There's no reason to leave the net. Even if he passed the puck properly, there's no reason to leave the net. Where was he going to put it that made Jordy Ben's life easier? Why did you do this? If you're a goaltender, tend the goal. If you're a goaltender, tend the goal. If you're a goaltender, tend the goal! So, that's how we got to overtime. Then there's overtime. After the game, Mark Giordano said, oh boy, we sure seem to be in a rut. And Austin Matthews said, oh, we're not overly concerned about it. So someone's lying. You're one in five in overtime this year. You've only played 20 games, which means you're one in five in a style of game that you've played in over a quarter of your games. You're on pace to go to overtime 24 times this season and on pace to win four of them. I texted this to the group chat before the Islanders even scored. They're the worst three-on-three -three team in the league. They, they gotta be bottom 10, maybe bottom five, maybe bottom one. I don't understand it. Don't understand it. Can't understand it. Do you understand it? I certainly don't understand it. They were without Riley. Listen, Riley's an extremely important part of this team. He's been on the ice for like the last 19 overtime goals against. I don't understand it. What the heck were the Leafs doing in OT? Asked Brooks. They were lucky to last as long as they did. I think they were trying to see how many times they could ice the puck before Sheldon Keefe would call a timeout. And the answer is at least three. We talked about the Leafs and the process and how they do so well 90, 95% of the time. You can't watch this overtime, this overtime especially, not, not even the previous four overtime losses, this overtime especially. You can't tell me the Leafs don't have one of the most profound cases of the yips in professional sports. If you don't know what the yips are, go ahead and watch a little bit of Ted Lasso. And I, I, the Leafs have a worse case of the yips than Danny Rojas. And that guy killed the team mascot, which is also a live dog. Now, he would eventually rediscover that football is life. And I'm waiting for the Leafs to ever discover that hockey is life. Dude, William Nylander was unbelievable in this game. He was poised, he was calm, he was collected. Austin Matthews played a wonderful game. And that duo together looked like they'd never met. What was that? And they started overtime with Lilligren. I, I think Leaf fans were too hyper-focused, hyper-fixated on the fact that Justin Hall was the defenseman who, um, who Beauvillier was in front of and took that shot in front of, and it was a beautiful shot. Oof, oof, my goodness. Justin Hall, you'd maybe like him to get in the way of that a little bit better or force Beauvillier to make a decision or, or, or a play sooner so that he's not able to get it off his clean. I know some people were saying that Justin Hall shouldn't touch the ice in overtime. Dude, look, look at the team. Okay, Muzzin's out, Brody's out, now Riley's out. So you're down to five defensemen, right? Sandine, he should play in overtime. I agree. Lilligren, he should play in overtime. Well, he started overtime. And then, and then who you got? You got Mark Giordano, who's the oldest skater in the National Hockey League. And I believe he was out there as well. And, and Jordy Ben. You got to cycle through the guy. Unless you're committed to playing three forwards, which they're not. I, I don't know. I don't know. Justin Hall, 
is actually kind of fast. He can skate. He, I feel like he would be a star in Europe. KHL's got a bunch of defensemen who just love to skate and do nothing else. Put up 60, 70 points, be a minus five. It's a great time. Great way to make a living. I don't care what you think of this guy. Three on three should be a strength of his. It should. It should. Objectively, like, listen, I'm not asking you to like this player. I am, however, asking you to look at the things he does well. The things Justin Hall does well lend themselves to three-on-three three overtime! Armand Penthaki, oh hello, Mr. I work for Game Over Toronto and you should follow me on Twitter. Why do they do this to us? I don't know why they do this to themselves. Like, th this is the most frustrating thing about this hockey team. Um, they look great on paper. They change all the time. So, like, you try to change up the, the mojo in the locker room, they they change personnel. They change everything every year, at least a little bit, and nothing changes. Like, this team very clearly has the yips. They play differently when they have an opportunity to close out a series because they don't believe they can do it. Or they know they have failed a number of times at doing it. And now... When they get to overtime, it's like a microcosm of that. It's This is almost good that they're having to deal with this ahead of the playoffs hope, that they hopefully make because they got to figure out how to do something that in their own heads they're incapable of doing. Erica said, how did you get scored on by Josh Bailey? Did, did you not hear all this stuff about me screaming about 10 in the goal? And lastly, assuming Riley is out for an extended period of time, how would you adjust the blue line in the interim? Okay, um, you got... Jake Muzzin, who's out maybe forever, at, at least until February, maybe for the whole season. TJ Brody, they said before the game, is uh, not progressing as well as they had hoped. And Morgan Riley, I think, I hope, it's just a Charlie horse. Everything comes back negative. He's okay. I didn't see any hyperextension. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Honestly, I move Sandine Lilligren up. I just keep that pairing together and move it up and that's your new top pair. And then you do Giordano Hall and Jordy Ben with whatever defenseman you choose to call up. Um, Matt Tay or Crawl. Oh boy. Shelgren's mistake that led to the game tying goal. Mistakes happen. I'm not happy about it. You shouldn't be happy about it. Listen, I, I think he is over-criticized. He deserves criticism for this. He goofed. But once mistakes are made, as we saw in overtime, this Leafs team defeats themselves. And they have a losing record against themselves. 2017 Capitals and the Bruins throughout the years and the Bubble Blue Jackets and the 2021 Habs and the 2022 Lightning and whoever they got this year, the Leafs will never encounter an opponent that gives them more trouble than themselves. The Bruins got nothing on the actual Leafs against the Leafs. That is game in and game out what drives me nuts about these guys. I think it's probably what drives you nuts about these guys. And it's their journey that I'll try my best to document on this channel for how the Leafs can overcome themselves and realize what they're capable of. Until then, they're just going to be almost perfect. So, that is it for this one. 
Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends. LFR available on Spotify and uh, Apple and Amazon and Google. And I remembered them all. Jesse told me to say that. I got him. Did I get him? I got him. Producer Drew, did I? I got him. Ten the goal. <laughs> Gotta do my own friggin' stunts. Oh, that was a way harder bump than I...